0: Whenever I visit Jerusalem, I try my best to have lunch or breakfast at the American Colony Hotel. And every time I'm there, I'm reminded of the story of this establishment's founder, Horatio Spafford. Perhaps his name doesn't ring a bell, but I'm sure you've sung his song. It is well with my soul. It's one of the most encouraging hymns that Horatio wrote while still freshly grieving the tragic loss of his four young daughters who died in a shipwreck. There are other songs like that in Christianity that come out of true experiences and have been used by the Lord to encourage us in hard times. I'm thinking about Jeremy Camp's powerful song, I Still Believe. This song came out of the tragedy of losing his newlywed wife to cancer. Welcome to The Great Stories Podcast. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me today for a conversation I had with Jeremy Camp last summer after the release of the movie that retold his powerful story. Now, last August, we had to shorten the interview for the radio when we originally aired it. And so I wanted to share all of it here with you in full. I hope this story, his story, is as much a blessing to you as it was for me. Welcome to Haven Today and we've been talking about a movie that's just out on DVD. It's The Movie I Still Believe and it's the life story or part of a life story of Jeremy Camp. And on the line with us today from Southern California is Jeremy Camp. So Jeremy, for the very first time, thank you for joining us here on Haven Today.
1: Yeah, thank you Charles for having me. And I appreciate it.
0: Well, it's it's a hot summer in Southern California <laughs> and we've been calling it a COVID-19 summer. We'll get around to be talking about that and how maybe it's affected your life in a few minutes. Yeah. But you've got this movie that just came out, I still believe. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I'm told is that probably at every concert you've ever given, you make it personal, and you tell your personal story. And do you mind, for some of our listeners who've never heard your story that the movie's based on, sharing that with us again?
1: Absolutely. During this time, Charles, you know, there's a scripture that we've all heard, and it says, you know, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimonies in revelation. But a lot of times we forget the latter part of that verse where it says for they did not love their lives even unto death. And I think about, you know, this girl that I met, her name was Melissa years ago, and she had uh, an understanding that her life was literally in the hands of Jesus and that she wanted her life to be an effect to those around her. And so I met this girl, fell in love with her. And I remember you know, the first time I met her, we were at a worship service and she just was raising up her hands really high. And, hmm. and I, I was, I was just drawn to that. You know, I probably shouldn't been, shouldn't have been peeking. you know, while we were worshiping. But
0: sure. Or, you were supposed to be praying, Jeremy. That's but exactly right. But I was, you were a teenager at the time. I understand.
1: Yes. <laughs> Can't blame me. But I, but what, what attracted me to her was that, like I was almost just in awe of her relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, as, as time went on, of course, we started hanging out and of course, typical, um, you know, first hanging out drama with people and trying to figure that whole thing happens. I got, I'm a young man and trying to figure out life and I still am trying to figure out life. <laughs> but yes, so here you go, meeting this woman who loves Jesus more than anything else. And, you know, we kind of had broken up, up and I was pretty devastated because I shot, thought she was the one for me. And, and then I got a phone call from a friend saying that she was in the hospital, that they found out she had mm-hmm. cancer. And so I came in immediately and just to see her. And as I walked in, it was like, she had this huge smile on her face and she was almost like beaming from ear to ear. And I, I was kind of shocked because I figured she'd be more devastated. And then I looked at her and I said, you know, Hey, how are you doing? I didn't know what else to say. Words like came out of my mouth. And she said, you know, what? I've been sitting here thinking, and if I, you know, die from this cancer, but if one person's life has changed, then it's all worth it. And I thought about that. And the reason why, and I even quoted that scripture before, is that, yes, we're going to overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, but we can't love our lives unto death. And, and she said, if my life or my death could bring one person to Jesus, it's all worth it. And I think that, you know, that was such a shocking thing to me because here is literally uh, the the gospel, the, you know the calling and obedience of Christ uh, overflowing from her life. And I just remember walking away, just blown away. And long story short, of course, we ended up getting engaged because I just knew I was supposed to be with her. I loved her. Sure. And uh, we got married and it was, it was beautiful. We went through the ups and downs and, and in the movie you're going to see, you know, at one point we thought she was healed and I don't want to give too much away because right. that's, you know, in the story. But, on our honeymoon, we noticed some complications in her stomach. And we went back to the hospital when we got off the honeymoon. And basically, they said, the cancer has returned, it's spreading rapidly, and she really has weeks to months to live. And we had just gotten married. And so of course, all those, you know, the fresh feelings of of new marriage and and starting your life was felt like it was just crushed to the ground well
0: and you you were young then you were what 19 20 years old something like then having seen the movie and i realized the irwin brothers would have taken a little liberty but not not too much on the story if the movie reflects the accuracy melissa was the mature follower of Jesus. Much more mature than you. Yeah. Does that describe it?
1: I think. Yeah. She. She really, in a sense, I, I saw her faith and I saw her the depth, and it really encouraged me. Of course, I. I did love Jesus. Sure, I wanted you to did. Serve him, and but I saw her have a unrelentless pursuit of him that inspired me so much and of course until the very end until of course it was three and a half months into our marriage she went to be with Jesus and I mm. saw her not waver of course she had her ups and downs she was human so it's like sure. you know you, you see that even in the movie it's like a moment of uh, breaking down and that's just that's normal but her faith didn't waver at all the whole time and so I think for me um I saw that and inspired me so much that I said, I want to go out and share of God's faithfulness and his goodness in the midst of trials and tribulations. And honestly, Charles, I didn't know that, you know, how many years later, 19 years later, there's going to be a movie coming out about this. It was just me being obedient, sharing about what I had learned, what God had taught me, writing some songs, you know, called "I nice Still Believe and Walk by Faith and all mm-hmm. these things that were from the overflow of what God was doing in my life. I wasn't thinking, I'm going to build a career off this now. It was more like I wrote those songs. I was kind of just over music at that point, And God gave me those songs just to heal my heart, you know, and I think that's what's mm-hmm. so beautiful about it. And now God is using this to minister to millions of people and, and the stories that we're hearing, there are incredible. And it's all him. It's not anything I've done or any great man of faith that I am at all. It's literally by the grace of God and his goodness. And that's why I think that this story needs to continue to get out there. It's like, it wasn't me. It, I mean, I, I literally, it was his hand of, of peace and his hand of power that pursued me and healed my heart and allowed me to do what I'm doing today.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, let's wait till a little later. And talk about one more person. And that shows up at the end of the movie. We don't want to give it all away, but this is one of those kind of movies where you know the story going into it, and it still breaks your heart, but yet it gives you faith to see how the Lord moves in the middle of losing your wife after just a few months of marriage. Let's go back earlier in your life. Let's go to Indiana your dad did ministry all around Lafayette. That's where Purdue University is 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 located. We're on in Indiana on the Moody stations and another station down in the south. And it was your formative years and you started playing the guitar. And at some
1: point you started writing some music, didn't you? Yeah. Um, you know, I being brought up in a small town. I would just go with my dad places as he's minister and, and I played sports all my life. And then at one point, you know, I asked my dad to teach me some guitar chords and I said, Hey, I want to learn some guitar chords as well. And so he (laughs) taught me a few chords and, and really the rest is history. I just realized that, wow, I love this. I started writing songs. Um, It was just an integral part of, you know, watching my dad go out and minister. He would play music, you know, and he would preach the gospel and and share about Jesus. And I love watching that. And so it was a big, um, I think culture, you know, creator for me in a sense, watching that be a part, a massive part of um, my life and walking by faith. I mean, literally having times when we didn't have much at all and God would provide for our needs supernaturally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I had a, an idea of of God's supernatural provision and stepping out in faith, and I think it was just preparation for what was to come.
0: Mm. And I guess there were uh, townies and there were also students at Purdue, and you were one of the townies then growing up there, yes. right? Yes, <laughs> Yeah, a, a a little battle back and forth between the two, I guess at times. Then, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think you know you have like a the majority. There's like twenty thousand students or something, and there's like you know forty thousand people. You know, that's right, right. So it's like they take over, and it was so rad though. I actually really I think because my dad had such a heart um, for the area. I always saw it as an opportunity, especially because there was people from all over the world that went there. Mm-hmm. And I think for me it was like, yeah, this is this is kind of special. I mean, it's like a melting pot of people and you get to minister. So it's, it was it was a, just the perspective that you have to shift you know, uh, to make it beneficial.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: Well, at what
0: point did you start figuring out maybe you had a gift to write music, people wanted to hear the songs that you had written what point along the way, that was just pretty much when you got to Calvary Bible College in Southern California, not too many miles from where I used to live. (laughs) Um, It must have happened. Did Did it ease in that you realized that the Lord had given you some talent that others wanted to hear? Or was it like an overnight kind of thing?
1: No, it definitely eased in because, you know, like I said, I grew up playing sports all my life. And so that was kind of a major part of what I wanted to do. And so music was kind of a secondary thing that slowly became something that I realized. Oh, I think God's using this. You know, I think it's a it's an avenue for me to minister. And so I remember, you know, writing my first song, and it was called "Set Me Free," and it was me <laughs> sharing just things that I was going through and asking the Lord to set me free from sin. And so I was realizing I could write. What I was dealing with, or what God was teaching me um, through music, and I saw how God used that to affect people's lives. And so I went, okay, Lord, if this is what you're doing, then I'm going to walk through it. And so that began the journey. If really not me necessarily pursuing, it was just me going, okay, Lord. I realize that I have a call in my life. I went to Bible college, and I felt that call. And then at that point, it was just like, okay, God, you open the doors because I don't know what to do. And obviously he did and and that's what I tell people let him open the doors don't try to kick doors open and i think right. that right. that is the key to knowing that it's the lord doing it and not you forcing your way into it
0: <laughs> hey that's the key for any of us living life isn't it we 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 want to be able to to be known we want to do something and be successful but yet i think those in the christian world who the lord has blessed with some measure of success Right, uh, It just happens. You, you can't lay out a plan and follow six steps or five steps and right. make that happen. It, it just happens. And I assume you still have young musicians come up to you and want to know, how can I be Jeremy Camp? You know, how can I be as, 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 and, 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 and so I think you just gave me the answer to
1: that question, didn't you? Yeah. I think we kind of think of success as big numbers so often. And God kind of looks at success in the eyes of really how faithful you've been with, with what he's given you. And, you know, someone like me, if he's given me this kind of bigger platform, if I've been faithful with, you know, 25% of it, and then this person that's been given a lot smaller platform that's faithful, you know, with a hundred percent of it, they've done greater and been an ex- and it, yes. you know, an extent more of a success in the eyes of the Lord. Not that God loves one person more, but there's more of like, you've been more faithful with what I've been given you. And so I think that is the key is just to be faithful where God has you and let him open the doors and don't, don't look at success as numbers. Look at it as the amount of just being faithful with what God has in front of you.
0: Well, let me ask you one more question about the movie. I still believe. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, a little bird whispered this in my ear the other day, John Irwin, who we've had on the program uh, also in the last few days. Usually when a movie is made, you go out and you find the actors and you bring them in and you cast them and everything. And Christian movies don't necessarily have Christians doing the acting, right? <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah. But in this case, a little bird told me that Jeremy Camp, who played the role in the movie, And the woman who played
1: Melissa are both lovers of Jesus. Yeah, they, you know, they actually grew up in Christian homes and, you know, they really felt connected to the story and the dedication um, of saying, okay, in the midst of the hardest trial, I'm going to trust you, God. And they really connected with that and they connected with, you know, the love that me and Melissa had. And so they wanted to be a part of it. And so I think I'm very thankful um, that God has really opened up the the doors for those who really get it on all fronts yes, to be a part of yes, it. So it, it was yes. special. And just had the conversations we had and, you know, at one point KJ was doing an interview afterwards with, um, I think it was The View, um, and he said something about, you know, this project was anointed. And just to hear him <laughs> say that was so special <laughs> to hear him say that, you know what I mean? Like, All right,
0: they may not have known of the view, but of course we knew what he was talking about. Yeah. And so it was <laughs> special just
1: to hear him say, you know, this project was anointing and, and I feel like that he really saw God's hand on it and, you know, was, you know, touched by the story, even doing it. So I'm thankful for him. He was such a, an amazing class act during this filming.
0: Mm. Jeremy, uh, I said to you just a little bit ago, let's return to that if one more person. Yeah. There's a great ending. The Lord still had plans for you, even as he planned to take Melissa home. Mm. Um, I think it's all right if we give this away a little bit. You know, it's on the movie. People need to get the movie. They need to watch it. They need to get the DVD from us if they haven't seen it already. Just how did the Lord keep moving in your life after you lost Melissa?
1: You know, I think God always, um, he's a God of restoration and redemption. And so I, I look at, you know, I wasn't looking for anybody else. You know, I was sharing my story and happy to do that. And then almost a couple of years later, I met this um, girl named Adrian. And I remember we were on tour together and I would share of just, God's faithfulness in the midst of me not even wanting to say how good God was. I'd get on stage and all of a sudden I'd feel God's spirit, you know, empower me to say God is good in the midst of trials and tribulations. And so, you know, Adrian would be off to the side listening and one, at one point she's like, you know, I've been hearing your story and it's ministered to me so much. Um, you know, I, I was I'm one of those people that God has touched because of her life, you know, because I would share that story. And, you know, little did I know, you know, six months, seven months later, um, we'd be engaged and Mm. to be married. And God really has, you know, she has come alongside, Adrian has come alongside so much in being a part of the ministry. And not everything we talk about isn't about the story. You know, we we have so much stuff that we, you know, we have three kids now. And
0: you have your own life together that the Lord has given you. Yes,
1: absolutely. But it's just she, when, when really it makes sense to like, Hey, this is a part of my life. She's, she's all for it. And of course with the movie, it's going to bring up that whole thing again. And she goes, listen, it's not about me or you or Melissa. It's about Jesus. So let's Mm. do this. (laughs) Mm. So I'm thankful for that heart. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, God has really put his hand on this because I think watching her also with her heart being soft towards everything and going, God, I just want you to be glorified that's what it's all about. And so even with mm-hmm. this whole thing where it got shut down after the first weekend <laughs> yes. and it was, it was a tough thing, you know, because it was in the theaters for one weekend. And the first night it was out, it was the number one movie in America. It was number <laughs> one. And <laughs> yeah. then it got shut down. Lord, why did you do
0: this to us? You know, yeah. and yet God is using it still.
1: Yeah. Not and I think it. that's the great thing, Charles, what you just said is God is still using it still. And because I think that there's a greater depth to it now that might not have been there if we weren't all going through this, because everyone starts to kind of open their ears and their heart a little bit more when there's something happening beyond our control. And so I think that for us to be able to say, I don't understand, but I still believe I think is a powerful thing.
0: Mm. Jeremy camp. Anytime I interview somebody, I always put this question out and I'll throw it out to you right now. I didn't tell you we were going to ask this. Uh, what does Jesus mean to you now here in 2020?
1: You know, I, th- I think about, you know, the things that I've learned during this time. And one of the things that, that God has spoken to my heart, um, because a lot of us are going, let's just get through this time. And I feel like Jesus really spoke to my heart and said, I want to get through to you during this time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he is everything that we need so when i say when someone says what is jesus to you that question i say he's all that we need i look through genesis to revelation all throughout god's word and you can see the names of jesus he's the alpha he's the omega he's the way the truth the life he's our comfort he's our shield he's our refuge he's our provider he's all everything that we need so i think that during this time when we search and say what do we do where do we run to what's the hope It truly is all that we need is found in Jesus.
0: Mm. Jeremy, here in a COVID-19 summer, would you please lead us to Jesus in prayer?
1: Yeah. Lord Jesus, I thank you, first of all, that you are in control, that you are very aware of what's happening, God, and that you care about every single circumstance and situation that's going on right now. God, I pray that you would provide that peace that surpasses all understanding, that we guard the hearts of those that are right now going through so many things, through anxiety and depression. God, those are losing jobs, those that are losing lives, God. I just pray for comfort. God, I thank you that, as the scripture says in 2 Corinthians, that we are called to comfort um, those with the comfort that we've been given. And God, you've given us so much comfort. And I just pray that we'd be able to be the hands and feet of you to those around us. God, we need you desperately. We know that um, even though this doesn't make sense, you actually told us in John 16:33 33, um, that I say these things to you, that you will have peace in this world. You will face trials of many kinds. But you said, take heart, I've overcome the world. So God, we trust you. We know that you have conquered sin and death. God, we know that we can trust you in everything, that we would trust you with all of our hearts, God, and all of our minds. God, that we would just know that you have what's best for us and that you care about every circumstance. So God, we need you. We cry out to you. And we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Deepen uh, the work that needs to be done in all of our hearts, God. We need it desperately. I need it desperately. God, we thank you. um, And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, Jeremy Camp... I feel guilty that this is the very first time we've ever put you on the air. We should have had you on 10 years ago. (laughs) And you are a very easy brother in Christ to interview. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. and, And just you take care of your kids and you enjoy the rest of your summer. And thanks for being part of our program today.
1: Thank you, Charles. I appreciate you very much. God bless you, buddy.
0: Thank you for joining me on another episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I hope this conversation with Jeremy Camp encouraged you to worship Christ, even in the darkest times. If you enjoyed today's episode, can I also ask that you leave a review? You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, but you can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover other episodes posted on the blog. Thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.